Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. The most valuable commodity I know of is information. Wouldn't you agree? I got five dollars. This is a run to the left. How many tackles can one man break? You're saying that humans need fantasy to make life bearable. Humans need fantasy to be human. My goodness, that was good. You guys are pros. The best. Relentless, refusing to give up. All right, hit that horn, babe. Let's dance. Welcome to the Fantasy Flex Podcast. I am your host, Chris Raybon. It's Monday. We're going to be talking waivers. I'm here with my colleagues, Sean Kerner and Samantha Praviti. Uh, We're going to get into all the waiver information you guys need to know. But uh, Samantha, I'll start with you. How was your week number two uh, of the NFL 2021 season? I feel like it was going well. Like I was probably going to win most of my matchups. And then I got Derrick Henry. Like I got full on stiff arms, tractor seat Joe season, <laughs> Derrick Henry. In one of my leagues, I have this like custom scoring league where there's multipliers for like big games and stuff. So he scored 69 points against me. Nice. All right, sorry. <laughs> so that was brutal. <laughs> uh, Sean, how's your week too? Uh, pretty chaotic. Any week where Andy Janovich scores a touchdown <laughs> is going to be exciting. Um, so I saw a lot of DFS people complaining about week two. If you thought week two is crazy, just, you know, wait till week three. I thought, <laughs> I thought overall, um, it was a pretty normal week. Uh, we've come to expect in the NFL. Um, but love it. Love that football's back and we're starting. Now we have two games worth of data. Um, so I think week three is going to be our best one yet with all these pods. So looking forward to it. Uh, I, I mean, we'll see. I, I, you know, it could just be downhill from here. Kind of like, uh, rostering anyone on Kyle Shanahan's team. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> I mean, I'm not even going to get into that. Cause I feel like we need to devote like a, a while for that. So I'm going to, we're going to start, uh, like we normally do at quarterbacks, you know, people might need a streamer. Uh, a lot of quarterbacks got hurt last week. So, I mean, no, there, there's a lot going on here at quarterback. So, Sean, I'll start with you. I think Justin Fields, he's obviously the top injury pickup. Uh, what are your thoughts on, like, just how to approach the situation with a lot of quarterback status for next week in question? Tua Tungavailoa looks like he's going to miss. Tyrod Taylor is not going to play Thursday. Uh, Carson Wentz, is, is his lower legs has hurt again. Uh, Taylor Heineke stepped in admirably for Ryan Fitzpatrick. So, I mean, the, the fans are chanting his name in Washington. And, then, and of course, you have Fields, who, you know, was on the field a lot, but didn't play particularly well. How, how are you kind of uh, – is there anything that people could, like, do to kind of uh, increase their likelihood of winning their matchup in week three or for the season regarding all these crazy injuries that, that transpired? I mean, Justin Fields should already be on somebody's team. If he's still available, you need to add him immediately. Uh, it's only a matter of time until he play, replaces Andy Dalton, whether he's injured or not. Um, and then once he does take over a starter, he's going to be, you know, QB1, QB2 cusp upside. So he should be, you know, taken in every single league. 
Tyler Heineke is probably the next guy up that needs to be added because it does look like Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to be out for quite some time. So he's a QB that has several starts at least um, looking forward. And he has dual threat ability. He has QB2 upside. Um, as far as the other quarterbacks, it sounds like Carson Wentz might be the most likely to miss more time. I'm not sure, but he injured both ankles. Apparently that sounds pretty bad. So Jacob Eason in like the deepest of deep QB, <laughs> two QB formats, sure, add him. Whereas, you know, Tyrod Taylor is already day-to-day. Tua is day-to-day. So, you know, Davis Mills or Jacoby Brissett, uh, I don't think they're worth talking about um, unless you're in a super deep league. Uh, there's no real reason to focus on them. But, uh, it's you know, Justin Fields should not be available in any leagues right now. Samantha, I know you've been high on, on Justin Fields. Uh, what did you think of his first extended uh, regular season performance against the Cincinnati Bengals? Yeah, it obviously wasn't the most stellar fantasy performance. He did throw a bad pick, which I think like just kind of demonstrated a little bit of his immaturity at this point. But I think he's going to get better and it's a matter of time, like Sean said. Um, so he's definitely going to be by far the most enticing pickup. So he's rostered in 51% of Yahoo leagues right now. So I would assume that like a lot of our listeners don't have him available on the wire. Um, I know I have him in a, in a whole bunch of leagues, so I'm super excited about that. But in terms of like the other guys, I'm not like jumping to get Brissett or Mills or Eason, certainly, unless you're in crazy deep leagues. Um, Heineke certainly interesting. He has a tough-ish matchup at Buffalo this week, and then he gets Atlanta in week four. So that will be enticing. Samantha, do you know how many listeners we have? We have a lot of listeners. Like forty-nine percent is like half of our listeners. <laughs> just, I'm giving our listeners like a lot of credit here that they're playing in savvy leagues, and that would have Justin Fields rostered already. Oh, so you think there's like an adjustment? Like in our among our listeners, it's probably up to like sixty-nine. Yes, exactly. 69. Put it in the books. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. So let's get right into streamers then, because I think, you know, if field starts, obviously he's a streamer. Everyone else, eh, probably not this week. But I actually want to start with Daniel Jones, because he's a guy who the first two weeks of the season, I looked at the schedule and I kind of treated him almost like Saquon Barkley. It was like, okay, he's playing Washington. He's playing Denver. This is not going to go well, but it probably will pick up in week three. He gets Atlanta. But Daniel Jones has put up pretty decent stat lines uh, these first two weeks. Uh, he's obviously a streamer against Atlanta, but uh, I guess I'll start with uh, with you, Sean. Does he, does he need to be rostered everywhere at this point, Daniel Jones? Yeah, and I, I was saying he's a high upside QB2. Um, so I loved his upside heading into the season, but – yeah, his rushing ability uh, is insane right now. And actually, when I was doing my initial week three projections yesterday, um, by the time I got done with the the Giants game, Daniel Jones was my QB 11. Uh, I had to close my laptop and just go for a walk. I couldn't deal with that. Um, and after some updates, he's QB 13. So he's right there on that QB 1, QB 2 cusp. I think he's a great streamer play this week. I think Teddy Bridgewater is probably the safer play, but I think Daniel Jones, if he keeps this up going forward, you know, he has that upside of um, Kenny Galladay finally pans out, you know, he kind of entered the season banged up Saquon Barkley. We can talk about him in a bit. Um, he should be close to hundred percent going into this week. So um, even Evan Ingram is coming back. So things are probably only going to get better for Daniel Jones. So he has the upside where I think he's worth, you know, a long-term ad right now. Uh, Samantha, what do you think about Daniel Jones? 
Yeah, obviously it's a super sexy matchup versus the Falcons this week. So I think he's the top streamer if you are streaming quarterbacks or happen to have like an underperforming quarterback, say like Ryan Tannehill or even Justin Herbert. You might want to add someone like that that is widely available at 19% rostered. And yeah, his rushing ability just gives him a lot of floor. He had 95 yards and a touchdown against Washington, which I think is super, super impressive um, given that how strong that their defense has looked in the past. Um, yeah, I mean, I like Bridgewater too versus the Jets. That's the Jets are kind of a little bit of a cheat code at this point um, at 17% rostered. Um, he's QB 11 through two weeks. So certainly would look there. And then Derek Carr is a guy that I feel like people should be looking at on waivers this time around at 26% rostered. They play the Dolphins this week, finishes QB nine um, current in week one and currently QB seven with one more game left to play. Yeah. Derek Carr. I mean, I used to be really down on him, but I give him a lot of credit. He's, he stepped his game up these last couple of years, um, and he's made it happen with really one good receiver. Uh, because yeah. I know Henry Ruggs got the big, the big catch at the end, but like Henry Ruggs has been a bust to this point. Um, I mean, Brian Edwards, Brian Edwards was getting better too, so that's helping. But uh, I think it's Carr has, you know, given what he's kind of been dealing with out there with really just Darren Waller, a converted uh, wide receiver. But, you know, even him making Darren Waller like a hundred catch guy. Uh, I give a lot of credit to Carr. Uh, but, yeah, I think Jones needs to be rostered everywhere. And uh, I think, like, he's a guy that I would start – I'm going to have him ranked over Bridgewater just because you look at the Jets' defense, and that seems to be the only thing that's actually overachieving. Robert Sala came, coming from San Francisco, that was his calling card. The Jets allowed under five yards to play to the Patriots and, and Mac Jones. I thought maybe Mac Jones could have one of those, like, you know, 250-yard but, like, four-touchdown games. Uh, that didn't happen. I, I just don't think the Jets are going to be like a, a sexy team to stream quarterbacks against because even though they don't have as much talent on defense, their their offense is going to be so bad that they're not going to get into these shootout type, type game scripts. So I, I really like uh, Daniel Jones because you can see the Falcons putting up some points on the Giants with, with Calvin Ridley and, and Matt Ryan and Kyle Pitts and those guys. And Cordero Patterson, my God. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, Daniel Jones, I think – this week, top streamer, roster room everywhere. But honorable mention, uh, got to give a shout out to Kirk Cousins, man. Because, like, he, he keeps doing this high-efficiency uh, quarterbacking. And he's not a running guy at all, but he always kind of stays in that mix. Samantha, any thoughts on Cousins? He's going up against the Seahawks this week in a game with a total of 55 and a half. And it, it seems almost like it could be another game script that plays out like the one last week against Arizona. Yeah, I agree. He is QB nine through two weeks. I mean, I feel like he gets like a lot of flack just because he falls apart in games against really good teams, but I don't know. That could be a problem. (laughs) Right. I mean, like he's just like that type of guy that does well when things are going well and then kind of falls apart otherwise. And I think this could be another game, like you said, like the one against um, the Cardinals this week. So I do really like him, but he is 66% rostered. So probably not uh, available to most people. Yeah, which means, you know, what's the adjustment? So it's like 80%, 81% for, uh, or, or is it just, uh, we'll give it plus three to get to 69%. <laughs> nice. Uh, uh, anyone else, uh, big, quick thoughts, uh, Sean, on Big Ben. Because uh, I, I remember, you know, you, you had the great point that his arm looked better in that, like, br- abbreviated preseason performance. But Big Ben himself has now come out and said, I'm playing like shit. Uh <laughs> So I'm just curious, it's like, how, how, you know, how has your, how have you kind of adjusted Big Ben in your model? Um, are you, is there any uh, optimism 
for for Big Ben heading into this week against Cincinnati, which oh, I mean on paper should be a, a matchup that you can have success against. Yeah, I, I have Big Ben pretty low right now, especially with Deontay Johnson banged up. If he's out, you know, I want nothing to do with Big Ben. Even if Deontay Johnson's healthy, I want nothing to do with Big Ben right now. Um, the offensive line is a mess. They're giving Najee Harris like nowhere to run. So they they will be pass heavy, but I don't like what I've seen so far um, from Big Ben. I, I do like Kirk Cousins this week. Um, so let me talk about him for just a second. But no, you yeah. don't get to pump Kirk All, Cousins. We're not I'm pumping kidding. Kirk Cousins. Let me pump Kirk. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Go ahead. Right. Go ahead. Go ahead. So yeah, they, they have some injuries on defense. That's why this is going to be a shootout again. KJ Osborne gives him a legit number three wide receiver right now. Maybe I'm being a little bit dramatic, but we we were definitely the the only podcast to talk about KJ Osborne and Cordell Patterson for like five minutes last week. So let's toot our horn a little bit here, but, and, and I think we got some KJ Osborne in, in the preseason too. Like, remember we had that whole conversation about like, what's going to happen with Irv Smith out. Like, so we I don't think some... we said that KJ Osborne would be like good or anything. We said, he'd be no, but we said, no, but we, I, yeah. I mean, I remember saying like the reports out of camp are that like, he's got the job, like he's, yeah. it's his job, which I mean, that's more than probably like 95% of podcasts. Right, right. So he's looked good. I think that's helped elevate Cousins' game. And then, you know, Dalvin Cook was pretty banged up last game. You know, who knows how that, you know, shapes up this week. But I I think they're going to lean on Cousins a lot more in this matchup. I think it's going to be a shootout. So he's my QB 14 right now. I I like him as a streamer. So, yeah, Justin Fields, add him. Daniel Jones, add him. Start him this week. Uh, you can you can go Bridgewater if you need it, uh, and but Cousins I think is another guy this week especially. Uh, he's probably the, the second priority after uh, Daniel Jones. Let's go to running back and Samantha shenanigans. Talk to me. What's going shenanigans, on? Shenanigans. Actually. Shenanigans. Shenanigans. I don't even want to. I don't even want to talk about this guy, but we have to. I think yeah. you know. I think the problem is like let me, like I think the problem is I have this theory. That because of the Shanahanigans, all of his players, they're like constantly worried about losing their job. So they go like harder than they need to go. And then they they get themselves. Yes. Yes. Because it makes no sense why like 68 of 60 uh, uh, like running backs have got hurt for the Niners over the last like one and a half, like one year and change. Like it, it just doesn't make sense. Talk to me. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. Obviously, Raheem Mostert's out for the year. Sermon hurt on the very first play, like fumbled terrible like, oh my god like <laughs> Just, oh my god like it's a nightmare for people who did draft Trey Sermon me Elijah Mitchell has a shoulder injury he did come back to the game though and then Hasty has an ankle injury um use check also had like a little bit of a, a problem during the game like it was crazy I just didn't know if anyone was going to finish the game out of that backfield I don't know I mean I guess if Mitchell is healthy-ish like he's the guy but they still have carry on johnson and then they just signed right before this podcast started um duke johnson and lamar miller so i don't know if you guys have any, <laughs> any interest in duke johnson season oh, so, <laughs> so, we're, so we're going with the we're going with the, the texans backfield of, <laughs> yes. of yesteryear that should go over well um i mean sean talk because i i did say sean before the year started you were like yo let's go let's get this raheem mostert trace sermon love going i was like Man, I'm fading this whole backfield because I knew I knew I just knew some shit like this was gonna happen. So, so what what do people do now? How do they approach this? How do they make their fantasy teams better? Or 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 is it just a fade? 
Well, I, you're putting some words in my mouth. Yes, I, I did like Trey Sermon. Now nah, you're 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 remembering wrong, bro. Actually, what did I say? What did I say? I had some, uh, I said something very dumb. The Fortnite situation is always a disaster. I made the joke that it's always the least likely running back that's a league winner. Yeah, yes. So I did that say is very that. True. And there are going to be times where we go into a week knowing damn well who's going to get the most touches. That's not right now. So I'm avoid playing guys right now but i'm trying to roster as many of these guys as i can so when the time does come and we have some sort of clarity they're going to go off that the reason why we're interested in this backfield is because it's a great running scheme whoever does get a bulk of the touches typically puts up rb2 numbers so i'm not saying avoid it completely if anything you want to buy low on trey sermon monitor this duke johnson lamar miller situation because you just never know who's going to be the lead back um and it could change every week so to your point that you were correct about that but i'm well aware that that's kind of the deal here if anything also stash jeff wilson he's on ir right now if you have a free ir slot just put him there you have nothing to lose he's going to enter this shit show at some point um but I, i'm not avoiding rostering these guys i'm avoiding playing them for now i love the undertaker gift by the way yes that's exactly <laughs> what jeff wilson's gonna do and elijah mitchell got hurt too like he wasn't gonna come back in the game but since everybody got hurt they said just get back in there and carry the ball a little bit more so um he's still up in there this week i guess with the shoulder injury so a lot to kind of monitor this week but i'm not making any you know, bold predictions on a Monday. You know, you know what my favorite part of Elijah Mitchell coming back in? Trenton Cannon was active. Yeah. <laughs> so that yeah, means well, he's just a special team. Yeah, guy. but that, but yeah, well, he's like a he's he's Sonoris Perry. <laughs> just no, yeah, basically, no, no snaps. He's uh he's Buddy Howell. Um, all right, uh, Sony Michelle. If Daryl Henderson's gonna miss time, uh, where does Sony Michelle slot in? Uh, in the rankings, uh, Samantha, what do you think of, of Sony this week? I don't know. I'm, I mean, 10 carries for 46 yards last week. I, I don't know that I'm super, super interested in him. Henderson, it's really up in the air. Like, I feel like it was pretty shady in terms of an update. They just said he'd be reevaluated today. So I have no idea if Henderson is actually going to miss time. If he does, like, I don't know, maybe Michelle is like a, RB3, RB4 type guy, but he's not someone that I'm like excited to start. He's obviously rostered in a lot of leagues. So he's also not someone that like is widely available for people to pick up. Yeah, it's more of a sit start question because I know I know you were off uh, unconvinced me. You know, you mentioned, you know, fade Mike Davis against Tampa Bay. And that's kind of what I'm getting at is like, even if Michelle plays, he's going against Tampa Bay. Uh, Sean, any thoughts on, on, on this backfield? Is this just a, a fade all the way around, even if Henderson is he- uh, active? Um, I, I, well, you should roster Sonny Michelle, but yeah, he's probably a low end RB two. I think he'll see enough volume to put up some numbers, but like you said, against the Buccaneers, this is a horrible time to have a spot start. And I think, you know, his, his receiving usage is going to be limited. I could see them using Jake Funk as the pass catching back. So, you know, that caps his upside, especially in a matchup against Tampa. We saw Cordell Patterson go off against them, but he's more of a pass catching back. So I'd probably avoid starting Michelle if I could this week, but long-term, you know, whenever he does replace Henderson, I think he does provide like mid-range RB2 value because this Rams offense is really good. They're going to set up um, some potential goal line carries for him. So he's a guy that should definitely be rostered long-term, but yeah, this is a tough spot start for him. I think Cooper Cup's just going to get all the goal line yes. carries too. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> all the Cooper Cup. Which, 
And, and you know, speaking of Patterson, this brings me to my next question. Uh, Samantha, I'll start with you. Uh, who's the best back in the Atlanta backfield and why is it Cordero Patterson? It's so frustrating. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I, I thought that Mike Davis was like, not sneaky, but like he was falling like seventh round, eighth round, like type in drafts. So I was picking him up and it's like, it was a mistake. I don't know. I mean, like it, he Patterson, who's not even like a rushing type guy has a full yard per carry better than Mike Davis at this point. And he's obviously way more effective through the air. I am pretty concerned about Davis at this point. So um, yeah, I mean, Patterson, I think an interesting pickup for this week. He uh, also has that dual eligibility and he is 14% rostered in Yahoo. Uh, Mike Davis last week, 16 touches, 63 yards, no scores. Cordero Patterson, 12 touches, two scores. And I'll leave the best for last, 69 yards. <laughs> nice. nice. See, we, we, you can't say we don't stay on theme. The Action <laughs> Network Monday waiver podcast. Sean, uh, first of all, Patterson's still a wide receiver in some leagues. I think they got to change him to running back now. Uh, assuming he's a running back, where do you kind of have him like our, like rest of season at this point? Um, it's tricky because I, I think that he was useful against the Buccaneers. Um, but I, he's still sort of a gadget guy. He's never going to be like a 20 plus touches running back. Um, but he clearly has touches. Role. Uh, he has a role in this. Let me get to my point. He has a role in this <laughs> offense because the offensive line is so terrible. So having a traditional, like a running back, like Mike Davis doesn't work, by the way, he was a classic frozen pond kind of running back heading. Oh yeah, he's drowning. He's drowning. I wasn't, yeah, he has fallen through the ice. And I was even, you know, once they cut uh, Quadrillis and I I didn't know who's going to kind of take snaps away from him, but it's clearly Patterson. They're even having Keith Smith, the fullback, get more like rushing work. So this is a really bizarre backfield, but yeah, Cordell Patterson is probably the most valuable right now because of his pass catching ability. And I think they're using him as an extension of the running game just because their offensive line is so bad. So um, I would value him. He's still like an RB three flex type. I don't think we can trust him quite yet as an RB two. But, you know, in deeper leagues where he has wide receiver eligibility, I think that helps if you just need like a higher floor play. Um, But right now this is kind of a wait and see for me. This, this situation is something that's, that's not great given the offensive line and the uncertainty, but He's definitely rostered in every league. Yeah, I mean, if he's an RB3 flex, that's massive value considering uh, some guys who probably were drafted as that or at least with the hopes of that and aren't right now. Uh, so, like, yeah, I, I, I think you just got to kind of – it's a new coaching staff. You just got to kind of see where this goes. But, uh, uh, yeah, Patterson is intriguing. Uh, all right, so let's go next. I'm just going to name a, a, a running back, uh, and I want you guys to go quick. Um, just kind of give me, you know – uh, hold or drop for these guys. Um, if you want, if you want to give one sentence on why you can, but let's try to go pretty rapid fire here. Uh, Samantha, I'll start with you. Tevin Coleman, who got five out of the 29 running back touches in the Jets backfield. Yeah, I'm ready to drop him. He was behind um, Ty Johnson and Michael Carter. Um, I think that it's just going to be kind of messy and it's not a high volume enough offense to be messy and successful for fantasy. Sean Coleman, at, uh, hold or drop. Drop. Uh, why the hell was he on your team to begin with? <laughs> All right, next, uh, Ronald Jones. J- even after the ben- after the benching, after the fumble, he was supposed to be the starter. Just seven of the 24 backfield touches. Uh, Sean, I'll start with you on this one. Hold or drop? Hold, but don't play him. Um, he probably needs a Leonard Fournette injury to be um, playable, but hold him for now. 
Samantha? Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I would probably not drop him unless like you were super stacked, but uh, yeah, I'm not starting him. Philip Lindsay uh, scored a touchdown in week two, but only six of the 29 backfield touches. Samantha, uh, hold the drop. Drop unless it's a deeper league. Like Mark Ingram feels like the guy right now, but I don't know. No, no real interest unless you're in like a 16 team league or deeper. Uh, Sean, Lindsay, hold the drop. Drop. I want nothing to do with the three-way running back committee on arguably the worst team in football. Four, four away, because I think Rex Burkhead's still getting snaps. But <laughs> right. uh, Mark Ingram has like uh, 140 yards on 40 carries. So, he, they, yeah, you could probably drop all of them and, and not miss a beat in fantasy. A final one, uh, Ramondre Stevenson, Patriots back, healthy scratch, week two, uh, Samantha, hold a drop. I think drop unless you're like, like I said, really deep bench or dynasty formats, um, obviously in the doghouse with Bill Belichick right now after some ball security issues. John Stevenson. Hold. He is unplayable right now, obviously, but this is Bill Belichick. So anything can happen. Anybody can fumble and get bench at any time. Um, so hold him just in case. Uh, Saquon Barkley, 58 of 69 snaps. Uh, we kind of knew he wouldn't play well in you know weeks one and two. Uh, so I kind of always felt like his season started now. Do we trust him again? Is he like back in that like RB1 conversation? Uh, Sean, I'll start with you. Yeah, I think the, the time to buy low is now. I, I was writing up in my tears last week. I expected nothing from him Thursday night um, because they, they had four days of rest. He was limited heading into the season and they have four days of rest. So he was limited again. He looked good. Uh, but now he has about 10 days of rest heading into a dream matchup against the Falcons. So I think he'll have a good game here and probably enter the RB1 discussion, um, if not by the end of this week in my rankings, but week four. Um, so the time to buy low is right now. Samantha, any thoughts on Barkley? Yeah, he was also, he was in my buy low column last week. Um, I just had no interest in him in weeks one through two, obviously brutal matchups, but this is uh, a plush matchup against the Falcons. So if you can get him from a panicking manager, I would say go out and try to get him. Which you would think that whoever drafted Saquon Barkley probably overlooked was a potential slow start. So maybe they're going to be willing to part ways, but uh, yeah, I think, I think you can get him pretty cheap right now. Yeah, and he's he, this is the like this is the time because listen, it's going to be frustrating still. I mean, we saw it. he had a forty-one yard run and still finished with like fifty-seven rushing yards. So uh, it's going to be tough because of the offensive line, which seems to be holding up better. Last year, the offensive line was like better run blocking, and they collapsed in pass pro. And this year, it seems like they're holding up better in pass pro, but they can't run block. So uh, it's interesting. They just lost uh, a, another interior lineman last week. It's not going to be easy, but yeah, this is the time to buy. And then. Samantha James Robinson week one was ugly, but week two, he out Carlos Hyde 14 to two, uh, still has the worst coach in football, but uh, do we trust Robinson again as like a startable running back? Urban Meyer is already your worst coach in football. Easily. Oh, he, he, he was before the season even started. Yeah. Fair yeah, enough. Okay. I mean, yeah, Robinson has 72 rushing yards and zero touchdowns all season. Like obviously theoretically he should be the guy he's a volume guy but like I don't know if I trust anyone in this Jags offense right now including well LaVisca Chanel is hurt but even even including him if he were healthy oh you got you got you got to get the Jamal Agnew uh hype train going man he's 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 gonna just return a kick for a touchdown and be their most valuable receiver every week uh Sean any any thoughts on on Robinson Hyde any these guys uh no I, I think we hit the nail on the head last week remember I I opened up with him as my RB 25 
you said RB35, and by the end yeah. of the show, we agreed kind of RB30. <laughs> Guess where he finished this week? RB30. I saw that. Yes. Well, I'm saw assuming, that. I'm, yeah, I'm assuming like Aaron Jones and DeAndre Swift will pass him up and he'll follow like yeah. 32 or 33. But um, yeah, like he's right in that low end RB2 range. Probably not what people expected. Once ETN went down, you know, people thought he was going to be low end RB1, RB2. Um, but with Carlos Hyde there, it's competition he didn't have last year. So I, I view him as a low-end RB2 flex kind of guy. And I think Urban Meyer realized that Carlos Hyde is, like, done. So, I mean, Urban yeah. Meyer, he, tend, he tends to fix his, like, That's what we were eventually. Saying. Yeah, you, you pointed that out. It takes way too long. And uh, I would just like to point out that the Jaguars did not, in fact, cover in week two. So, uh, they, you know, everyone who thought that was like, oh, yeah, we're going to buy. Like, no, it, it's, it's going to – I wouldn't invest money – and Urban Meyer, like at this point, and anything to do with Urban Meyer. Um, I but, did take the Jaguars against the spread. So, oh I hate my them. God. Oh <laughs> my God. Like, Teddy Bridgewater is like 23 and three on the road against the spread. And, like, I'm not saying that's predictive, but I'm saying, like, that that should just be enough to, like, make that a no bet. But Jesus, like, just don't, like, come on, man. Urban Meyer might get, like, he's, he's if you can find a first coach fired uh, and get, like, Urban Meyer plus, oh. like, 5,000, like, do it. What about David, David Coley? Didn't he, um, he like declined a penalty on third down to take fourth down and punt it or something like that. <laughs> just terrible, terrible decision. Yeah. But like David Coley's like a, a vet who like has been in like, you know, under the Harbaugh tree and like, uh, they have lovey. Like they have a staff that's like decent. Like Urban Meyer's just out here hiring like cancelable dudes and Tim Tebow. Like it's a yeah, totally different situation. Like, and, and also the Jaguars have, have like two yards of total offense. Uh, and like 18 turnovers. So yeah, I think Urban Meyer still like David. Like the Texans have actually outperformed expectations to this point. Like if Tyra Taylor, Tyra Taylor was 10 of 11 for like a, hundred, a perfect passer rating last week. Uh, so yeah, I think Kobe's got some leash. Um, let's go quickly to uh, wide receivers. And again, I mean Kyle Shanahan. Like the the fact that this is happening not only with running backs but with wide receivers is very frustrating. But Debo Samuel. The, the wide receiver one, the, the monster of week one, he plays only 70% of the snaps last week as the number one receiver. Ayuk was the number two receiver, but he played only 54% of the snaps. I mean, Samantha, talk to me about, like, is, is this Shannon, Shanahanigans uh, <laughs> out wide too now? Like, what is going on? Yeah, it's really frustrating because at least like we expect it with the running back situation. And even in week one, like at least you knew you couldn't have Trey Sermon in your your lineup. So, you, I mean, we knew about the injury with Ayuk, but I don't think anyone expected a complete bagel. Um, at least I did not. So one catch for six yards last week for Ayuk. I did tell everyone to sit him on Convince Me. Uh, he is a sit for me until proven otherwise at this point, which is a bummer considering that I feel like he was drafted as a low end wide receiver, too. Yeah, uh, it's one of those situations, you know, if you watch Red Zone, right, and, like, you have guys on your fantasy team, or you're, even if they're just on your bench, but, like, you're kind of hoping they do well. And, like, they, like the Niners game was low scoring in, in week two, so they, they cut to the Niners game, and it's like, oh, a receiver catches a touchdown, and then you're waiting for the announcer to, like, say who it is, because it's like, Jawan Jennings! And it's like, <laughs> and then, like, week one, it was like, uh, Trent Sherfield, and you're just like, <laughs> oh, no. Um, Sean, like any thoughts on this, this situation? Yeah, you, you can't trust Ayuk right now, um, but he's a bylaw candidate. I think at some point he's going to go off. And honestly, you want him to go off on your bench because that means you can play him the next week. 
And Shanahan's been able to get away with this bullshit the first two games, but they're going to have to start to get their act together. They faced the Packers and then the Seahawks and the Cardinals. Um, so they were, they were able to get away with this, you know, against the Lions. And then last week, the Eagles put up no fight. Um, but they're going to need IU. The Eagles should have won that game last week. Huh? The Eagles should have won the game. The Eagles? Oh, I'm saying, well, they, they did, didn't they put, put up, up points. a fight. They did. They, they did a Philly special at the goal line. Missed it didn't the, work. A, yeah, no, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, they, they had a fight. They just had, like, some egregious coaching errors of their own. Talk about bullshit. Like, they, they yeah. should have won that game. Yeah, well, it was easiest under about of the week, but I guess. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, my um, God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, this act has to end when it comes to – like, I get the running backs. I, I don't think Trey Sermon should be playing right now anyway. But Brandon Ayuk, he's too good to be playing 55% of the snaps. Like, he's going to have to be a full-time player soon. Um, And one of the targets that Jimmy G threw to him just sailed over his head. It wasn't his fault. Um, and I remember he was making some, Ayuk was making some mistakes in preseason. So I get mm-hmm. sort yeah, of, we saw that. yeah, I get why Shanahan is being hard on him, but I think this is more of a motivational thing than anything. And he's going to snap out of it. I mean, he's going to be a true elite kind of alpha in this offense. So I think sooner than later, we're going to see him break out, but you can't trust him until he does. How crazy is it that all this, all these Shanahanigans and, and Jimmy Garoppolo. Who's, scores, scores who's the catching the touchdown this week? Muhammad Sanu, Ross Dwelly, or Kyle Juszczyk? Uh, is Jalen Hurd like still like? No, he he's, a, he's, he's he's dead. He's, he's IR'd. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so let's see who do we got. Who's the third? Ty- Charlie Warner is that the third tight end? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was him. I was just going with the second tight end, but it's oh, no, no, back. come on, it's Shanahan here. The second tight end's gonna break his leg, or like, let me not say that. <laughs> the second tight end is gonna like something ridiculous is gonna happen. The second oh, tight end's gonna have to play fullback for Kyle Yuschek, who's gonna have to play halfback. It's gonna be it's gonna be Trent <laughs> Cannon because oh. why not? Oh, absolutely. no! This is the Duke. This is the Duke Johnson game, actually. Oh, <laughs> oh if he plays, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I want to I want to get off this topic, uh, Sean. Do your uh, Rondo more victory lap, and then let's get to uh, tight end. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I told you. I mean, I wrote that big long. I did this for Tyler Higby too, so I'll apologize for that later. <laughs> Um, I could knock them both out in one. Like go right. No, from I wanted to, to save Higby, Higby yeah. for later. He's no, no, no. We, we got we only got a little time left, so you're okay. Have to, so have to I had both Rondale Moore and Tyler Higby as my ready for takeoff <laughs> candidates. Um, and Rondale Moore, the the only complaint I had from week one was his playing time, and that's easily the most correctable thing <laughs> when it comes to these metrics. And you know, I I figured. Um, so he had a 39% routes run rate and AJ Green had about 90. I figured he would eat into that a bit. Either way, they're going to give him more playing time. His target share was through the roof. Um, he has insane yak ability. So they're going to, they're going to design plays to get him the football. And then we just saw all come together last week. Um, you, you've seen the highlights by now. So I think he's a legit, you know, wide receiver three in PPR formats. Um, and the sky's the limit. He only ran around 59% of the time. So I think he can max out 80%. So we're not even all the way there yet. So hopefully you added him and just enjoy the ride. As for Tyler Higby, uh, you know, he's going to put up numbers once they stop giving Cooper Cup 100 plus targets a game. It's going to have to go somewhere. And I think Higby is going to be one of the guys that benefits. So uh, hold on to him. Don't drop him or anything, obviously. Um, But yeah, that was really bad uh, week two. I I take full credit for that, but he's going to bounce back. Real quickly here. Eventually, I'll forgive you for. Eventually, that, that you got to double down. You got to double down this week when they lower it to like thirty-five and a half receiving yards. Double down. 
Um, so I tailed Sean on that um, Higgy prop from nice. Convince Me. So. Nice, guys, guys. What are you doing? There's only one prop to bet each week, and it's Ryan Tannehill over one and a half <laughs> touchdowns. Oh, if oh. you like moving your, if you like losing money. Um, uh, say, since I asked Sean about, you know, two guys he's been high on. And by the way, I totally agree on more. Uh, I, I, I think I said this, you know, he, he's eventually going to eat into somebody's snaps here. I think it should be green. I think it will be green. Christian Kirk has played really well. Uh, mm-hmm. These first two weeks, so I don't, I don't, I don't think you can take him off the field. I think Murray has a good uh, connection with him. But Sam, you know, your your guy was Gronk, so I'll, I'll we'll talk about him before we get out of here. Like, given that we've seen some kind of down games from some of these elite tight ends, not named Travis Kelsey, um, and, and we know it's a volatile position. Given that Gronk's snap count is a little bit up, and Tom Brady's playing out of his mind, is Gronk kind of back in that elite tight end one mix for you? I mean. Yeah, I mean, I think he is. And for the record, I was not like super, super high on Gronk. I was just higher than you guys who were like ready to put him on the ice flow on the podcast. But um, no, I mean, he's tight end two through two weeks behind Travis Kelsey, four touchdowns, the third most targeted player on the team. I, for now, I just think, think you enjoy the ride because you probably got him at quite a discount. Um, yeah, until, you know, he gets injured or something like that. I think he's a viable starter for sure. All right. And, uh, I'll close it with this because I I love Gronk. I think, I think he is back in that elite tight end, uh, one mix like with Brady playing like this and, you know, Brady's not going to scramble around a lot so they can, and they they could throw, you know, 40, 45 times a game. I think there's enough to go around because that's their strength and obviously not Ronald Jones, but, uh, you know, Sean, you mentioned, yards after the catch and Rondell Moore had 93 yards after the catch uh, in week two, according to pro football focus. So Max Williams had 60. So I, I know you were kind of the one that, that you know, had the CJ Uzoma hype train about to leave the station for a second. Uh, what are your quick thoughts on Max Williams? Cause remember this is the Dan Arnold podcast. I, yeah. This is the Dan. So, so we, ha- we cannot get out of here without talking about Max Williams before we go. Could you imagine Dan Arnold in this offense? Wait, he, here he was and did nothing. So I think Max Williams, I think Max Williams is one of the most underrated tight ends in the league from, you know, the pass catcher, especially a blocker. So it's it's nice to see him finally break out. But this is a offense that uses heavy four receiver sets. So I don't think Mac, Max Williams is a long-term ad here, but certainly he's going to have some games where he's left wide open. We saw that happen, but I think defenses are going to adjust to Max Williams. <laughs> no, 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 they're not. He, you literally have to deal with Rondell Moore, DeAndre Hopkins, are, De- Kyler Murray running, uh, Chase Edmonds, uh, Christian Kirk now, AJ Green still. Like they're not. They're literally going to probably just let him catch whatever he wants. Now you're you're catching me before I do my full week three projections. <laughs> nice. How many? Well, have you done yours yet? No, I'm just, I just know Max Williams is my tight end. Well, I do have him projected for over two catches though. in my like automated thing. Don't so. no, convince me prop. Okay. Uh, catches uh, prop Ryan Tannehill touchdowns versus against uh, versus uh, Max Williams catches this week. Uh, over. Cause what the line's <laughs> one and a half over. I think Max Williams, um, his, his prop should be about two and a half and Tannehill honestly at this point should be a half a touchdown. <laughs> um, no, I'm, I'm kidding. I, I want nothing to Tannehill. You know, I've been betting against him the past couple of years. I, I think you too. And now we're betting on him and look, look what's happening. So <laughs> hey. I want nothing to do with Tannehill one way or the other. Um, but yeah, I think Max Williams is good for two to three catches a week. You know, is that going to win your league? No, but 
it, it is fun to talk about. <laughs> yeah, he is facing the Jaguars this week. So, you know, if there's oh, he's facing week. the Jaguars. Oh, yeah. Maybe, maybe he is a low end tight end. Yeah, no, I'm saying like people, people might need some a streamer in deep leagues. You never know. Like I'm saying, it's not the the way Kyler Murray's playing, man. Like, yeah. Uh, Max Williams caught seven of seven targets for 94 yards last week. I mean, he's he's obviously already better than AJ Green. He actually had the highest receiving grade from PFF on the entire roster last week. So, like, I'm just saying, let's. I, I, I'm keeping him in my back pocket. That's that's all I'm doing. That's all. Um, <laughs> all right, your Cardinals uh, tight ends. I got to give you credit oh, for that. I, you know, got to be ahead of the curve on that. Uh, all right, let's, uh, Samantha. Let's uh, let's get into our weed entry segment. Next up here on the Fantasy Flex is a segment we call Elite Entries, where Sean and Chris will dive into the Prize Picks app and compare their player projections to the props to build some entries. Sean, start us off with your first Prize Pick Elite Entry for Monday Night Football's matchup featuring the Lions at the Packers. I am going with AJ Dillon over 36 and a half rushing yards. Um, I think the Packers have a get right game here. They blow the Lions out. Um, and AJ Dillon has, you know, this running back two role opened up after Jamal Williams, who is now on the other team, uh, went to the Lions. Um, so I think he's going to eat up, if there is garbage time, all the carries to kind of preserve Aaron Jones long term. So I love his over 36 and a half rushing yards. I'm projecting this closer to 43 and a half. So I'd actually pick this up to about uh, 38 and a half. Yeah, right, it should be a run game. It should be a run game for, for the Packers. But uh, yeah, uh, Samantha, I'm going to go with. Aaron Jones over uh, 0.5 rushing touchdown. So essentially expecting him to score a, a rushing touchdown in this game. Uh, he's been over more than half the time uh, since Matt LaFleur took over this team. And Detroit, if you remember, allowed a NFL high 27 rushing touchdowns last year. They allowed two in week one. And the coaches have talked about running the football, getting that run game back on track uh, to help get Aaron Rodgers right, to help, you know, get that offensive line right after Aaron Jones had only five carries for nine yards uh, in week one. So everyone's talking about Aaron Rodgers getting right, but Aaron Jones is not going to be happy about his stat line either. So, you know, they're going to try to get him involved. Uh, I like the Dylan prop as well. I just think this is a game where you bet Packers overs. So uh, like, like Aaron Jones over a half a rushing touchdown. Yeah. I think these are sneaky correlated too. I think Aaron Jones has a huge first half and Dylan will have a huge fourth quarter once the game's on ice. All right, so that is our elite entry for today, going with A.J. Dillon over 36 and a half rushing yards and Aaron Jones over 0.5 rushing touchdowns. As a reminder, prize picks markets move, so you'll want to be nimble to lock in the best numbers. If you haven't created a prize picks account yet, please check out the link in our episode description and they will match your first deposit up to $100 or visit prizepicks.com and use the promo code ACTION10. All right, uh, so that is going to do it for our Monday episode of the Fantasy Flex uh, in week three. Again, we moved to the new feed to give you five episodes a week. So please do uh, search Fantasy Flex and subscribe if you haven't already. Also, uh, rating and review would be much, much appreciated. It really helps us out, really helps us continue to bring you all of this content and all of these episodes. Of course, check out actionnetwork.com for all of our fantasy football content from Sean, Samantha, and I. Uh, Sean and I's rankings are up there as well. Check out fantasylabs.com for our DFS models and tools. And uh, be sure to download the award-winning Action Network app where you can follow our bets uh, and track all of yours 
for free. You can find Samantha on Twitter at Samantha NFL. You can find Sean at the underscore odds maker. And you can find me at Chris Raybon. You can find Sean and I in the Action uh, Network app at those same handles. And guys, if you like what you hear from Samantha, which of course you do, be sure to hit up mailbag at actionnetwork.com. Her Thursday show on this feed, we'll be taking all your questions and answering those. Uh, So be sure to hit that up. That's mailbag at actionnetwork.com. Until next time, let's get this money.